Are you ready for the best show in the Pacific Northwest? Here's my dad to his boyfriend and I mean friend. All right, you guys, welcome to episode 271. That's right, it's the Ron and Don Show. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. A lot of people want to list their properties right now or come storming into the summer season. Reach out to us, and we'll make sure we get that thing frontline ready, tuned up, and ready to go. Yeah, you can get our playbook, a buyer's playbook, a seller's playbook at ronandonsitdown.com. Uh, read that thing, and then next up, we'll do, a, we'll do a Zoom meeting, strategize with you, put a game plan together, and you will know what you need to do when you need to do it. Yeah, and the Ron and Don Nation, we have a great team. In fact, we just hired Therese. She's one of our great buyer's agents, and uh, that's what she's out doing today by recording this podcast. She's out with some of our clients in the Ron and Don Nation. They're looking for homes. And what's really cool is when we take it down, Ron's involved, I'm involved, Teresa's involved, Bree's involved, our whole team gets involved, and we take it down together. All right? Buying, selling, investing. Uh, just reach us, runitonsitdown.com. Coming up on episode of 271, can you believe the mullet is back? I didn't even know the mullet went anywhere. Are you kidding me? And now it's back? We're going to talk about that. And also, we got to talk about the fact that there's a lot of young people that are involved in tech that are being called back to work. And instead of going back to work, you're not going to believe what they are doing. We're going to talk about that. Before we talk about that, though, let's talk about this. I talked about it in episode 270 as we were closing episode 270. Here we are in episode 271. Right now, right now in the Seattle, Tacoma, Fife, Fremont, Olympia to Everett market, even all the way up to Bellingham, you guys, uh, the market is crazy. And we are seeing multiple bids in even places like Aberdeen. Here's the problem, though. You hear someone like me say that in real estate, Charlie. Okay, you can sit there. That's okay. Yeah, you can sit there. You hear her say that, and, and, and then you think if you put your house up for sale, then all of a sudden you would have multiple bids. And I'm here to tell you, that is not true. That is not true. And the reason it's not true is I am seeing so many for sale signs because there's, there's this pent up, we haven't had inventory. People are staying in their homes, and they're like, you know what? I got to sell this thing. Got to sell this thing. Got to sell this thing. This is a hot market. I'll go and rent something right now because rentals have softened in this market. Real estate's really hot. I'll get this thing sold. I'll pad my pockets with lots of cash and money, and this is going to be great. Ron, are there multiple offers going on right now? And can people expect just because I have a door and windows and a house and it says Seattle, it says Tacoma, it says Aberdeen, it says Everett, I'm just going to throw this thing on the market, even if it is a hot mess. And I'm going to cash in right now because people are buying everything, right? Uh, what you're talking about is expectations. And, and we run into this all the time. I met, I met with a client yesterday and you asked them what the, the goal is. And everybody has the same answer. I want to get top dollar. That's the goal. 
It's like, okay, like I hear you. Um, the way we get there is by doing X, Y, and Z. And then they go, ah, I don't know if I want to get top dollars that way. Can we get top dollar without me having to do anything is what they really want to say. And so, yeah, when you just look statistically, there is a high percentage of, of homes that are getting multiple offers, uh, more so than we've seen in recent memory. So that that is true. That's not an un, untrue fact. It's not fake news. However, it's not 100%. There's still a, a sizable amount of houses that stay on the market for uh, past their offer review date that have to do a price reduction um, and might stay on the market. There are a lot of condos right now. The average can be 54 days, 60 days for beautiful condos, stuff that has been tuned up. So there, there's, there's different parallel tracks that are happening right now. But I think what you're talking about is expectations. How do I manage expectations? When do I know if I want to make a move. And the, the, the subtext of that is, can I time the market? Ron and Don, can I time the market? And there is this belief, whether it's the stock market or the Bitcoin market or the housing market, I'm going to buy it at the bottom and I'm going to sell it at the top and look how smart I am. And the answer to that really is no, you cannot time the market. If we could time the market, Don and I would be retired living on an island somewhere with billions of dollars in the bank because if you could time the market, your upside would be unlimited. None of those things appeal to me. Living on an island with you, no thank you. Having billions of dollars on an island, where am I going to spend those? And, and again, I'm stuck on an island with you with billions of dollars, retired and have nothing to do. So I'm not interested in any of that. Go ahead. Okay, so if we could time the market, Don would have hundreds of millions of dollars and live wherever he wants to live and do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, I'm a worker bee. I'm going to be I'm going to be I'm going to do doing something the rest of the way. So, so I think that the real answer to this question that you posed to me is what do you want to do? If you want to jump in the real estate market and it's purely fueled by greed or by the desire to get as much money as you can, that's okay. You could say, "Hey, I I, I bought this house 25 30 years ago and It'd be great to have a lot of cash in the bank account. That's okay. Then let's be mercenary about it. Let's not then pile on a bunch of emotions on that. Let's take those and set them off to the side and go, okay, here's the strategy for you to get every nickel out of this house. Most of the time, that's going to be a, a, a pretty long list of tasks for you to get done and for us to partner with you to get done before you sell that house. There are other people that just say, I've had a, a situation that has arisen in my life and I need to move. It could be, I need a bigger house because I have a baby. It could mean uh, I lost my job and we're going to downsize. I want to go live by a loved one that maybe is getting up in age or whatever the circumstance might be. That is different. And I think we need to modify our expectations a little bit. Just because you read a story in the newspaper or just because you have a friend of a friend that you saw on Facebook that got this ridiculous amount of offers, if you never went to that house and you never saw what that person did, then that is not you. We, we sold a house that went almost $300,000 over asking price. Those people put in the work. They live for multiple years in a, rent, in, a, in a remodel situation where for one winter they had no heat. So like they put in the time and the effort and the equity, so to speak, to get that number. That house was perfect. There wasn't one thing that you would need to do to that house. Uh, and yet we still did a couple things to the house because that's the, the level of finish that they expected. So yeah, it happens, but, but those folks 
did the time in a sense. Yeah, here's the, here, here's the thing I, I like to think about. When I was in my 20s, I owned a small car business, and Ron used to work with me. And I'd buy cars at auction, and I had a small uh, a car lot over in Bellevue. And then in buying these cars at auctions, a lot of times they, they would sit on the back of the lot, right? Or sometimes they wouldn't even be on the lot because those cars weren't ready to sell. And what we would do with each and every car is we would go through each and every car and determine what are what's the 10, 15, 20 things that we have to do this car to make the car frontline ready is what we call it. When you drive up and down Aurora and you see all those shiny cars out front, those are the best cars that those car dealers have. Those are called frontline cars. They're frontline ready. In fact, uh, one of my friends uh, had, a, had a dealership out on Aurora for a long time, and it was called Frontline. Uh, and he made sure that he went through every single car. He sold Highline cars with a fine-tooth comb and made sure that they were perfect inside and out, frontline ready. That's what we do. That's what I do with houses. When we have a client, we just had a client out in Snohomish. There's a lot of work that we had to do to this particular house, but we did it as a team and we did it together to make the ha- to take that house and figuratively bring that to the front line to make sure that it's frontline ready. Some realtors call it parade ready. It means when somebody walks in, it's like my bed goes there, my laptop goes there. How fast is the Wi-Fi? And do they have good tie? Do they deliver a good tie in this neighborhood? And who's going to come and mow my lawn for me? And, and, and that's really what, when you get in a multiple offer situation, those are the houses that are selling right now. Now you may, you may, you may say, well, you know, a house a couple blocks over wasn't very nice, you guys. And uh, it just brought, you know, a million dollars and I have a similar house. Well, then what you should do, make sure you check and no one does this where they're going through Zillow and Redfin and everything else. Check the zoning of that house because the highest and best use of that house may not be as a house. You may drive by there two years from now and the house is gone and there's five other row houses in its place because the zoning in that neighborhood is different than your neighborhood. So sometimes when you're comparing homes and you're like, well, that, that house isn't parade ready. That house isn't frontline ready. How come it brought so much money? Well, maybe because it's sitting on L1 or L3 or L6. Those are different designations for properties uh, where you can build and add multiple doors. So now you're competing with a builder that's going to go in and buy that thing. He's going to tear that house down and then make that property frontline ready with five other doors. So that's what's happening there. When it comes to multiple offers, you got to be willing to spend the money and do the work. And if you're not going to spend the money and do the work, don't think you're going to get multiple offers unless you list for some ridiculous price. (laughs) And that's stupidity in itself. So you don't want to do that. We will see you on the other side of this. I'm always going to recommend Ron and Don and just, you can just tell that they, uh, that they're just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we, you know, we got, we got some, some more friends now. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Uh, we did a Ron and Don sit-down and we sold our house for well over asking. I mean, I was a long-time listener of the show. Um, I knew just from experience that you know, they give 110% every time. Everything they've done for the community, it was obviously a no-brainer just from hearing what they're doing. Of course, I had to talk about this with my wife first. And, you know, she was 
extremely skeptical about working with Ron and Don because uh, what do a couple of radio and podcast guys know about real estate anyways? Uh, I mean, we're in Port Orchard, Washington. I mean, there's we had a, a really cool home. I mean, I love the house. My wife loved it. And there, but around us, there was nothing else like our house. So it's one of those things where I was, I just really had to talk her into having this sit down. You know, did they can bring that Seattle, uh, those Seattle folks out here to Port Orchard? That's who I think is going to be a good fit for a house like ours. They really won over my wife uh, with their preparation, their market knowledge, their advice. We wanted to move fast, and they were right there with us and able to keep up during that whole time, which was pretty crazy. And I mean, we sold our house, I think. It had to be maybe two weeks after that. I mean, it was just such a quick turnaround. Uh, we got an offer, I think, day one, that was, I want to say, twenty-five to 50000 over asking. And I was like, yeah. I'm like telling my wife, don't you think we should take this? And she's like, no, we're sticking to this. We're going to wait till that offer review date, like Ron and Don said. Uh, I mean, we waited till offer review date and we had like, I don't know, seven or eight more offers and an offer a hundred thousand over asking. I had to eat some of that humble pie and apologize to the wife and tell her I was wrong and all that fun stuff. Don't forget when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 271. And as you heard, people love us, <laughs> and we love them. And we love our clients. They love us, everyone in the Ron and Don Nation. It's really unbelievable, uh, you guys, the connection that we have. And we feel like with a lot of our clients, we'll have this connection for a lifetime. If you need us, reach out. You can write Ron directly, ron at windermere.com or go to ronandonsitdown.com and let's schedule uh, a sit down uh, today. A lot of people beginning to return to work. Sometimes returning to work means, well, you're just going to stay at home. Uh, We're seeing hybrid models where, hey, maybe you don't have to come to work every day, but maybe a couple times a week. You have other employers now saying, hey, this, this whole thing about you know, working from home and, and everybody did such a great job and we got so much done is not true. We want your hair back on your hand. Uh, Amazon has said that they want their workers back in those buildings. And that's why I think uh, vaccinations, as we talked about in episode 270, become so critical. Uh, article out today, though, said that some people and, and, and especially younger people that work in tech are looking at this and saying, you know what? This is an opportunity to quit my job. Uh, this is an opportunity to continue to get cash from the United States government. Uh, there are some people right now that are just they're having money placed directly in their account, especially if you worked in the service industry. You're making more money uh, sitting at home collecting money that the government wants to give you. And here comes inflation. So look out. Uh, what is your take on this, Ron? Because it seems like we're making it very easy right now for people to sit home and not to work. And for a lot of folks, they've been sitting at home and they want to continue to sit at home or planes are flying again. Uh, when I take a year of my life, I have my youth, I have my health, I have some money in the bank and the hell with it. I'm going to go travel. All right. So. so I think you brought up like three different things. The first one was workers that are being told to go back to work and they don't want to go back to work for various reasons. And and this one's super interesting to me because I think our generation straddles the lines on this. They're saying that the baby boomers had this thing 
where the boss wants to own your time and own your productivity. And owning your time means I need butts and seats. I want to be able to walk by your cubicle and uh, lean over and make sure you filled out the TPS report. And what happened in the pandemic is that became untethered. So productivity and elapsed time or structured time became disconnected. And people that are younger love that. So they're saying, hey, if I want to, on, on Tuesdays, I'm going to take a yoga class and it's 90 minutes and I'm going to do it at 9 a.m., but then I'm going to work a little longer that day and I'm going to get my, my work done. And the boss doesn't need to know whether or not I took a yoga class on Tuesday. And this drives some of these baby boomer CEOs bonkers. They don't like that. They want to know where you're at. And in their minds, they feel like they own this block of time, whether it's nine to five or eight to six or whatever that time is, they want to own the time and own the productivity. And, and, and this certain category of worker that's able to work from home is just saying, Hey, no, I'm going to go, I'll quit. I'll go find another place to, to, to sell my productivity where I have more flexibility. I think that's a good thing. Uh, I don't think that we should never have an office meeting or never be able to to interact with coworkers. But for some jobs, if they if they value that flexibility, it's up to the workplace to adapt to that. And so I think that we're going to see that trend continue. The second one that you brought up is people that were working a minimum wage or lower paying job in service that now has gotten some benefits in unemployment. I do not fault them for a minute. If you had a restaurant or if you had a, a job, let's say you were a delivery person, so you're a stalker, you work in grocery, wherever you worked, and it was at the bottom tier of the wages, and you were in harm's way, the government didn't prioritize you to get vaccinated, uh, you weren't necessarily getting hazard pay to be interacting with the entire swath of humanity, and especially if you lived in places, counties where there was vehement pushback against vaccination and masking. It's like, okay, I'm going to stand here all day and have hundreds of people come by where statistically some of them have COVID, just mathematically, uh, and I'm not getting paid any extra for that, and I can get paid just about the same uh, to take my unemployment benefits. I'm going to take that. And so there's a movement with these workers. You see signs in McDonald's of like, sign up to work at McDonald's, we'll give you a free iPhone. Sign up to work at this low-paying job and we'll give you a signing bonus. Why is that happening? Because these workers are going, if ever we're going to change the dynamic, now's the time. If ever we're going to be in New Mexico or Oklahoma or Alabama and change this minimum wage to get closer to a livable wage, it's right now. And so power to those people. Like you and I both worked minimum wage jobs back in the day, and we were able to elevate ourselves uh, for a lot of different reasons. Man, sometimes I'm still working a minimum wage job. I <laughs> hear you. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't have a problem with, with people I don't, I, trying I, to figure that I out. I disagree, though. I don't think people are sitting at home organizing and saying, I'm going to really show the man by not showing up to McDonald's today. I, I, I just think people are looking at this and going, the United States government is putting lots of money in my bank account. The, the moment McDonald's starts telling the United States government that I have a job because they have to start sending money in for tax, social security, and everything else, 
then boom, that money doesn't come into my account anymore. So the United States government has to figure that out. And it's a tough place to be. You and I saw this through Hurricane Katrina. There's so many people that jumped out for the road. There's something called the road home money that the government created. And the road home money was gone. It's one of the reasons why Ray Nagan, the mayor there at the time, is doing 20 years in the penitentiary uh, because he got his hands out into the road home money. A lot of people did. There are 14 people here in Washington state that got road home money and they never even were on the road to go home. They never were even in Louisiana. It was a big money grab. It's a hard thing to do when you're in the middle of the pandemic and, and you're sitting there trying to say, well, we're only going to give money to the people that really qualify, that are really hurting, you, the, the, the businesses that only really need it. There, there's no time to figure that out because if you do, then everybody goes down, right? The whole ship sinks. All these businesses fail. And, and we saw businesses around here. I can think, I think of Duke's Chowder House. They announced they were done. And they have a huge location down in the south end. And I'm like, I can see why they're done. They can't pay for this huge location. Then all of a sudden, they got small business uh, money being pumped at them. And they're like, hey, we're still open. <laughs> we're not bankrupt. We're still open. We're still in business. So we'll see on the other side of this pandemic then if some of these businesses that just kind of s- s- kept going with some government money, if they'll continue to keep going or if they're going to have to shut down. And I think for a lot of these workers, they just go back to work when someone turns the financial spigot off. I'll give you the final, final say on that. Yeah, those are two different things. Of course, there are people that take advantage of situations in government programs. Uh, I also think that there is a, a sector of this that is trying to figure out a way to elevate themselves. And, and could McDonald's afford to pay, uh, instead of paying their shareholders a little bit, a bigger dividend to play the bottom line workers a more livable wage. I think they could. The mullet. Is it back? Let's talk about it. I said this. Today's show is made possible by your friends, Ron and Don licensed realtors with Windermere Midtown. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 271 now of the Ron and Don Show. And as you just heard, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. We're here to help you guys. Just reach out, ronanddonsitdown.com. Sit down. Yeah, that's ronanddonsitdown.com. And uh, we start our sit-downs every morning, starting at 730. So let's talk about your real estate journey and... uh and where you're at. Uh, I read in the news the other day that through the pandemic, that there's a number of things that came back. I heard that re- white Reebok tennis shoes and white rod laver tennis shoes were back. I also heard that a form of the parachute pant, kind of pajama parachute pant, is back. Then the trifecta. I heard, I heard, and then I saw that the mullet, for some reason, is now storming back. And I'll have to describe to you just the joy this created in my heart because, you know, I had the parachute pants. Back in the day, and you could go to like Venice Beach and you could just buy parachute pants for like $3 for a pair of parachute pants. We have the parachute pants and the hammer pant combo. Like I on had, any I given had day. It all. I had it all. Like Monday could be parachute pants, Tuesday yeah. could be hammer pants, 
I mean, it was a whole thing. Yeah, and then I had all the colors going. So, and 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 I had the Rod Lavers, I had the Reeboks, and for sure, you I mixed had, in a little I Miami had, Vice too. I don't the, be. I had the Air Force. Don't ones. be. Uh, don't deny the the Miami yeah. Vice influence. Yeah. And then what I could do with a flat top was amazing because I could I, I I I I would do a flat top, uh, like a crew cut in the front, and then in the back, uh, where. You get the part. You you get the mullet going on. I would sometimes take that mullet and put that in a ponytail. Remember that, dude? You and like, then I would, and then I would grow out my beard, and my beard was was kind of gray, reddish, blondish, orangish, orangish was was the color of my beard. Let me get, let so me get a word going in. on. I had I had the let ponytail me get a word in, in edgewise. I had the I had the uh, the party the party pants. Oh. And I wasn't afraid to wear a cutoff shirt and show the guns. No, you when the not. sun came out, tank the, tops. The guns came out. So let me get a word this, in here. In, in a lot of ways, COVID has been great for me because I was all those things, and then I and then I was standing there in a Starbucks the other day, and these kids walk in, and sure is these 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 guys had to be 14, 15 years old. They all had Rod Lavers on, all of them. The ten, the great tennis star. They all got Velcro parachute hammer pants and they all had cutoffs on. And then they all had their hats turned around backwards, just like we used to do in the day, the trucker hat. And you pull your hair through the front of the trucker hat. It's all back. Let me just say something real quick. 1985 is back. I'm back. Don O'Neill, when he says he has a mullet, it is first ballot Hall of Fame mullet. Thank you. I mean, the best. It. Like most mullets, when you just picture one in your mind's eye, you kind of had some shagginess on the top, and then it, it blended, it blended into the back. Yeah, I know. Like that's what most people think of when they think of mullet. Yeah. Don, when Don describes a military grade flat top, he's not joking. Yeah. This is a military issue flat top up front. Yep. And the back, we're not talking mullet down to his earlobes. The, the back was three inches past your collar straight as an arrow. There is no wave. There was no perm. There was no curl. It went straight. It was a waterfall of blonde, luxurious hair down past your collar. And you did have the multiple options. Sometimes it was straight. Sometimes it was ponytailed. Sometimes it was ponytail hat. Sometimes it was hat straight. Perfection. I mean, in, if you threw in the jean jacket in the wintertime and the calfskin gloves, yeah, then they were going cowboy boots. And the bandana, the red bandana. Cowboy boots, acid wash jeans. Dingo boots. Get the regular jeans out of here. Acid wash. That's right. You had the OP belt. Yeah. And then the fur-lined jean jacket with the mullet. I mean. Perfection. This dude walking down the hallways of El Dorado High School. Like, just get out of the way. 1985. Get out of the way. It is back. time for football on a Friday night, and, and you were wearing your jersey, yeah. ready to roll. We'll have to put a picture for you guys in the, in the Nation News if you're not signed up for the Nation News. We send out our newsletter once a week. Get signed up. Uh, we put a, a lot of our real estate deals in there and things that we're learning and things we'd like to share with you. So it's a good way to stay in touch. And we don't sell that list to anyone. We don't spam you. Uh, time out, time out, time out. A thousand out. times a day. Just want, so go to runitdownsitdown.com, get signed up for the Nation News, and, and we'll send you a picture. I just of, had a flashback. Yeah. Did you or did you not at one time experiment with perms? With what? And be on, perms. Be honest with me. No. 
You that never was, had a perm. That was Adam Powell. He's a perm guy. What yeah, about I'm, Frosted Tips? Of course. Keep your head up and your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network. <laughs>